Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am behind uh, Chats21 and today I am with <laughs> one of the best probably counselors that I know. This is Amy Chatterjee. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me today. My name is Amy and I am a college counselor with CollegeWise. Um, I've been a college counselor for over 18 years and about six years ago I was recruited to work for CollegeWise. It is the largest college counseling company in the world. Um, and we're really out to change the world of college admissions. Uh, since we opened our doors in 1999, our counselors have guided more than 10,000 students to successful admissions outcomes. Um, and really at CollegeWise, we believe that applying to college should be an exciting and fun time for students and parents, and not a stressful and anxiety-ridden rite of passage uh, that so many families seem to make it. And um, every year I feel so privileged that I get to work with students from um, all over um, and varying degrees of um, their commitment to their academics. So what I know is that there's over 4,000 colleges in this country and um, there's a great fit for almost everybody out there or a couple of them. Um, so anyway, I'm excited to be here and happy to answer any questions that you have. So if, if you don't mind me asking, I was reading a little bit about you and I noticed that you have uh, counselors not only in the U.S. but in other countries as well. Do you mind telling me how many counselors you have uh, only in the U.S.? Sure. So uh, CollegeWise um, has, in the United States, we are close to 60 college counselors um, spread from California to Boston and everywhere in between. Um, we have 23 physical CollegeWise offices, but then we have a significant number of counselors who work online with students. So, so like email and Skype and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So if a student lived somewhere like in North Dakota where we didn't have an office, then um, we would do Skype or Zoom calls with them. So you do all your uh, meetings with them, your whatever you do over Skype, FaceTime, all that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. It's ever easy for people. And then we also have counselors in Singapore, in Bogota, Colombia, um, and expanding to other parts of Asia. Which is I, cool. I didn't hear about that. That's really cool. <laughs> so I so I have uh, some questions that I would like to ask you if you don't mind. So these are just some questions about high schoolers. If you want to go to college, even if even if you're just even in, even if you're younger in middle school, maybe if you're if you've just been thinking about it, if you don't know where the right places to go, stuff like that. Right. So all right, let me get started. So if you don't mind me asking, how much time do students, well, typically high schoolers, typically spend on homework every night? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I think it really depends. Um. I have worked with students who spend 30 minutes a night doing homework and students who spend six or seven hours a night doing homework. So it all depends on the classes that you take, right? Right. Depends on the classes you take and also depends on the student. Now, just in my professional opinion, what I've learned over 18 years as a college counselor is if that a high school student is spending 30 minutes a night doing homework. Then they're probably not finishing all their work that they're supposed to do. They're, exactly. They're not finishing their work. And also they might not be taking challenging enough classes if they're breezing through all their homework and getting straight A's, I might encourage a student like that to maybe take a more challenging class, maybe an honors or advanced placement level To like class. test their skills. Exactly, exactly. Right. Because colleges are looking for kids to take the most rigorous um, classes that are available to them. Um, and so if you're not doing a lot of homework and breezing through things, I, I, might, I might ask you to challenge yourself. On the flip side of that, 
when I hear about a student who's spending five, six, seven hours a night doing homework and they're stressed out and they cry at night and they're overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have to do and they're not sleeping because they're staying up until two or three in the morning doing homework, that's a problem as well. Um, and again, for that same type of student, I would say you're not really signed up for the best classes for you. It doesn't If you're putting that much work and time into it, it's going to take away from other things that colleges find really rewarding. So there's a balance in there. I think if to achieve that balance, if you were hitting two to three hours, I would say that would be, probably be ideal in terms of homework for okay. college prep. Thank you for that question. Uh, so the next question is, how do I find a college or a university that is best for me? Whether if I can't, if some colleges are too expensive for some people, like the tuition, mm -hmm. how would that work? So like I said before, there's over 4,000 colleges in the United States alone. Forget about other parts of the world. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of schools to to siphon through. Um, and that's why people like me have a job. Um, so, <laughs> so my job is to help recommend colleges to students based on the criteria that they might be interested in. So for a lot of families, it could start just with geography. So colleges that are close to you, it could be a particular major or something you're interested in studying. Um, it could be the cost as well. There are some colleges that offer significant, significant scholarships and financial aid for students. There's others that aren't so generous. So working with a college counselor or doing a lot of research online, reading up about colleges. Helps a lot, correct? Helps a ton. And there's lots of great websites that you can go to to get free information from colleges about colleges and what they have to offer. All right, thank you. Um, should I take the ACT or SAT? And what will those help with? Great, okay, yeah, super question. So we encourage all high school students to take either the SAT or the ACT. Um, they are very similar tests. They um, are supposed to evaluate very similar things and every college in the United States will take either the SAT or ACT. So how do you decide which one is the best for you? Um, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. You can take practice tests. Um, you can work with a test prep company or a test prep tutor to help you determine which is the best test. Again, that's something we help families um, and talk through with them. But what I would say is, um, just as a, a very generalized uh, rule here, we want students to be taking the test because most colleges in the country right now, unfortunately, require either the SAT or ACT test. Um, and the score is just supposed to be a, a predictor, I guess, of future success. Um, however, not everybody's a great test taker. Um, so there are options for those kids, and we can talk about that later. But but I, what I would say is there's a lot of, again, great free resources online. I'm a huge fan of Khan Academy, where you can do practice, free practice SAT tests. So it's a great place for people to go if they're looking for some extra help. And, and at college-wise, what we say to students is you should prep like you're going to take it once, meaning like study, get a tutor, get help, feel really confident. But you could also take it multiple times, well, right? Well, yeah, prep like you're going to take it once because you want that to be your best shot. Plan to take it twice, meaning if you needed to do some extra work or brush up on a few skills before you took it again, that'd be fine. And then a third time should kind of be like that Hail Mary if you needed to get a higher score. Anything more than three times, I have to have a lot of conversations with kids and their families because we don't want your whole life to be consumed with test prep and getting ready for the SAT or ACT. So so there's a balance for sure. All right. Um, let's see. Who should I ask to write my letters of recommendation? 
Good question. So every um, college loves to get letters of recommendation um, and many schools will tell you exactly what they're looking for. So my biggest piece of advice is read the directions on the college applications. Read their websites, um, see what they're actually looking for. But most colleges out there are looking for at least two academic letters of recommendation. So that would be from a math, science, English, or history teacher. And those teachers are um, going to speak towards your academic ability and effort that you're putting in in their classroom. So um, students in ninth grade and 10th grade don't need to necessarily worry about it because colleges are looking for letters of recommendation from teachers your junior year. So your 11th grade year, you're going to ask those teachers because if you ask your ninth grade teacher for a letter of recommendation and you don't go to college for four more years as you get through high school, it's not going to be as relevant anymore. So we really want 11th grade teachers. Okay. Uh, this is a question that I just thought of. I already have a list, but I just thought of one. So is there anything that will help you help the colleges decide that you are the one to go to their college, such as lots of volunteering, working for an organization, stuff like that? Yeah, it depends on the college. First thing that colleges are going to look at is your academic transcripts. So those are your grades from 9th, 10th, and 11th grade um, in the classes that you took. So that will be the first thing they all look at. And then after that, depending on the school, depending on what program you're applying into, they're going to look at things like teacher recommendations, essays, um, SAT scores or AT, ACT scores, as well as your extracurricular activities. So community involvement, community service, if you've had a job and things you've done possibly in that particular field that you're interested in. So lots of things they're going to look at, but mainly your grades. Mainly your grades. Mm -hmm. But those are extra things that can help them decide. Correct? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, let's see. All right. Does everyone have to go to college? Uh, example, if you have some family issues, money issues, like I said before, you can't afford the tuition, what, what could you do to either, uh, if you can't afford it, earn a scholarship, or what are some other jobs that, that don't, that you don't need a college education to get? but yeah. are still decent jobs. Yeah, so again, after so long of being a college counselor and working with high school kids, literally for my entire career, I would say that um, there are so many students that I meet who are unsure about a college path for themselves. Um, and the reality is anyone who wants to go to college can go to college, but not everybody wants to go to college. So if you wanna go to college and there's some roadblocks in the way, either financial um, situations like you discussed before, possibly, you know, your parents don't want you to go to go away, you don't feel academically prepared. There's many reasons. There are ways to get help and assistance with all of those things, especially financial. So if you're someone who doesn't have the money or feels like you can't afford college, there is always a way through scholarships and financial aid. And many colleges, the most scholarships that are given are institutional money. So that means money that's given to students from the colleges uh, to come to their colleges. Yeah, I get it. The other thing, um, and, and finally about this is, uh, there are some students who, for which college isn't the best path. Um, there's, there are techno, technical schools out there for students who might be interested in some kind of trade field and for other people who just feel like they're not ready at this time in their life, um, to go to college. I know um, you can also, if you, let's say you want to get a degree later on in your life, if you want to become like a teacher or a counselor like you are, mm -hmm. you can all, you always, when you're older, you can, tr you can try and get your 
Degree, you know, yeah. Degree, the yeah. doors never close. There's people who go back to college in their mid-20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. 60s. Uh, 60. I saw someone recently who was 70 years old who was graduating from college. So the door is never closed. The traditional path happens when students graduate after their senior year of high school. Between 18 and 19, correct? Yeah, that's the, that's the traditional entry point, but but the doors are never closed um, if that's something that you decide that you eventually want to okay. do. Okay. All right. Um, two more questions, mm -hmm. or three. Uh, what if I'm a really bad test taker and I get a bad score on the AC, ACT or SAT? Oh, I love this question. Okay, you have no need to worry. Some people are just not great test takers, and that is okay. And there are there is a wonderful, wonderful website that I would recommend everyone take a look at, regardless of where you are in your high school career. And it's called fairtest.org, F-A-I-R test.org. So on fairtest.org, there is a list of over a thousand test optional colleges and universities in the United States. Um, there's even a wonderful list that consolidates that even more with the top 150 ranked test optional colleges in the United States. These are colleges for which they have made a commitment to say, we don't require SAT or ACT scores. We're not going to penalize you if you don't send them. We are going to focus on your academic transcript, meaning your grades from high school and the classes you took. But we are more interested in the person um, looking at the person holistically and not just focusing on their grades and test scores. So I always let students know if you're not a great test taker, there is no need to fear. There are a thousand schools that we can start looking at for them. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to have one more question. Mm -hmm. So what should I do when I visit campuses? Like what activity should I try and participate in? What should I look at? First, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think when you go to visit colleges for the first time, it depends on what what phase of high school you're in. For most students, that's going to um, comprise of um, an information session and a tour that's provided by the admissions office. And most colleges require students and families to register for those in advance. Um, they're all free. You don't have to pay for them, but they do like to know how many people to expect. Usually on those information, at the informational sessions and tours, you can get a great overview of a school. They'll talk about special programs um, and opportunities for families. It's kind of the sales pitch and the marketing pitch uh, from colleges. So that's a great way to start. The other advice that I give all my students is to spend a few minutes on campus kind of checking out where they feel like they would spend the majority of their time. So if you're an athlete and you love going to the gym, go make sure you see the gym and hang out for five or 10 minutes and just watch, people watch. Um, get a sense of this is a good vibe. Are these the kind of people you could see yourself spending four years with? Uh, if you love to study and think you're gonna be spending a lot of time in the library, go sit in the library for five to 10 minutes and just do some people watching and check that scene out and see is, again, is this a place that feels like me? Go to the student center. Um, and sometimes I encourage parents who like to go on tours with their students to also kind of take a step back and allow their child, you know, that 10 or 15 minutes they need alone just to kind of absorb and make a decision about how they feel. Um, we talk a lot about kind of your gut feelings when you visit a campus and knowing either you like it or you don't. And my one fun little insider tip here is if you're on a college tour, and visiting, and you're there for 20 or 30 minutes, and you're just not feeling it, and you hate it. And you can't... go check out another college. Exactly. Do not punish yourself by staying on a college campus for two or three hours if you just know you're not interested. And also, let's say 
that's the only college that accepted you. If you went there, you wouldn't enjoy. You're supposed to enjoy your time at a college, correct? Exactly, exactly. So one of my rules is we only apply to colleges that you could see yourself at and that you're excited to attend. That way, you're happy with all your choices. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. You're so welcome. Um, thank you. So I'm going to put your, um, your, the CollegeWise website link in the description so they can check it out. And also comment if you have any more questions and I will get, and I will get her to help me answer them. Absolutely. I'd love to answer any questions people have. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks guys. Bye.